let's go ahead and open up the doors and that's a sneak peek of somebody I don't want you to there we go hi everybody my name is Becca Dukes and as the hostess of Daily with Doc it is my honor and privilege to be able to bring to you empowering information that puts more tools in your toolbox so that you also can have a better health journey towards optimal health so folks you know if you don't know it already what you put in your mouth what you put on your skin what you have in your environments actually affects your health and today we are going to be talking about more things that you can put in your mouth that are yummy and tasty with our special guest and this is an exclusive debut interview not to make him nervous he's going to do absolutely fantastic fabulous um because he is just he's just a brilliant young man that i'm honored that he agreed to come with us or come on with us daily with doc so before we get started with the actual interview i just want to rumble youtube uh spotify amazon music R simplecast riverside fm radio public cast fox google podcast instagram patreon um iheart amazon music and the list keeps growing and growing. I am so thankful that we are able to meet people where they're at. So if you are watching us, whether it's a live stream or a replay, make sure that you want to subscribe and to our channel and follow us. Two, if there's an option to comment, say hello. Let us know what country or state you are plugging in from. And most of all, share a celebration. Share your favorite emoji your favorite little icon with us so we'd love to make it fun and, and just keep things light as uh who has put up the little chef logo as i did um put out a little bit of advertising letting people know that today we have with us the one and only and you've heard dr wallach talk about this book okay dr wallach's Cooking without the bad foods by Chef Norman Goodies. And that's who we have on the show with us. So, Chef Norman, thank you so much for joining us. How are and you thank today? Thank you. I'm doing great today. Fantastic. Well, so we think Chef, we think you know, the big white hat, white coat, and very stern and serious. But through my conversations with you and getting to know you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I have worn the hat and the coat for 20 years. And uh, through this journey that I'm on and the cookbook that I wrote, I'm able to not put the chef hat and the uh, coat back on but I still do try and bring the simple techniques that I've learned and uh just trying to teach people to be healthy and to cook well so what got you into one cooking in the first place what got me into cooking was in high school our uh our high school had a program a culinary program and I met my mentor that at the time wasn't my mentor but uh it was probably in grade 10 and then i just continued to keep cooking and then he 
uh, introduced to me that maybe this might be a profession that you want to pursue because I'll never go hungry. Oh, at the time, I thought that was a, a great idea that I'd never be able to go hungry. And looking back at it, um, where cooking has taken me to many places from, you know, Manitoba up north to the States to Costa Rica, just cooking. Um, yeah, I, th I believe it was a great choice. Now, as we were visiting before, um, you've actually done some competitions yes. with your cooking, yes. which then got you scholarship into culinary schools. Yep, that is correct. I got the uh, right. Yep, that is correct at uh, George Brown College in uh, downtown Toronto. Uh, it's a good culinary school. I, I believe it's the best. There's a lot of opinions that people believe that it's not. I, a little biased, I am an alumni there. So, but George Brown for culinary cooking, I would say is probably the best. Have you always been gluten-free and cooking without the bad foods? No, no. I went many years, um, you know, knowing the difference that stuff is bad, but convenience, uh, financial situations, uh, time management, mm -hmm. and not really knowing uh, Dr. Wall Dr. Wallach's message. Um, I, I took the product, but I only knew about one product. And then when I found out about the rest of the products in the actual program, and when I did it, it actually improved my life by losing copious amounts of weight and enjoying my life better. And I am now gluten-free and I am an advocate for it. And uh, I believe it just makes your quality of life better. You know, like energy, weight-wise, health. So tell us a little bit about your health journey. So you just, you've just shared that you've lost copious amounts. What does copious mean to you? And just, okay. just for those of you who are listening, um, Toronto is not in the United States. We do go international and you can tell by the little hint of, uh, Canadian that he is from Canada, um, which I think is absolutely fantastic because he's been able to do what he is has done with dr wallach's message across borders and now published and worldwide so andrew the chef norman <laughs> share with us more about your actual health journey well my health journey started about Probably about four years ago, I have a friend, uh, Ryan Alexander, purchased a house uh, far from the city. And the plan was that we were going to write a cookbook. And then also on top of that, I, I, uh, I exited out of my uh, life insurance policy. And I got my kickback for that. And I decided in my mind that I'm going to just buy Longevity products, try the best to stay off of 12 bad foods. And at the beginning, it was in, like in my mind, I really had to set that I was going to do this because it is, it is a lifestyle change. And with cashing out my life insurance policy to believe that I wasn't going to die before 71. And I just, I went 
full throttle with it. We started, I started experimenting a lot because everybody, me and Ryan were both gluten-free. We're both off the 12 bad foods. I had to rearrange a lot of uh, the textures in the food and really self through everything that I had learned. So I went back to my college textbooks and I just started prepping uh, recipes from that. And then the idea was thrown that we should put all the recipes together and make a, a textbook for this. And so at the beginning, I didn't take it too serious. And then after I lost 80 pounds, I just, I just went with it. Uh, people were seeing me in a different light. It brought a different, like a different feeling to me. Like I was always me, but the weight on me held me back, I guess, in views of people, how they saw you. And yeah, it just came to be that I, I, I'm, you know, Dr. Joe Wallach's message really helped me. And I want to give something back to the people that are already in this community. And there wasn't a cookbook out there. So we wrote the cookbook. We've, uh, we process, we make videos, put them on YouTube. And uh, Instagram really was what blew us up for making uh, all this process. Um, I just found the purpose. My purpose in life is to teach people how to cook. Mm-hmm. Because you have to eat three times a day. I, you know, I don't, you have, you can eat three times a day. You can fast too, if you like, but you have to eat every day and you should control what you put into your food and you can make mostly everything without the chemicals that they put in it because they're, that's the, pr- that the process is to preserve, right? Most of the chemicals put in our food are to preserve. And I really just want to bring it back to a style of home style grandma's cooking you know cooking with the wood ash you know dr wallach does talk about this and i just i fell in love with cooking again and uh it's just it's just taking me to places i never believed that it could and yeah i just i just love food and i like talking about it too so this is just a good setup for me and i like it a lot well, the sky is the limit. Actually, we get in our own ways. Yeah. But the sky is the limit. And I love the fact that you have um, done the experimenting. You fell in love with cooking again and wrote this amazing book. How many recipes are in this? Do you know exactly? The second edition has over 500. And the first edition. The first edition has about 375. Wow. So 375. That's a lot. You don't waste any space with pictures. It's recipes and recipes and recipes. I love how you've broken it down into different categories or the, the, the beef recipes are all together, pork recipes, chicken recipes, you know, main dishes, all that index in the back so there's even carrot cake in here folks and cinnamon rolls okay so those were those are some of the things that i used to make um often before learning about gluten but i was grinding my own wheat and it was organic so you've had to learn how to adjust the flowers when it comes to baking Yes, gluten-free baking is probably the most difficult to get the right textures and elasticity in the the doughs. But with a little bit of practice and time, 
you know, the, the sky is the limit. And for the cookbook not having pictures, I didn't really want people to focus on the pictures. I, I want you to focus on the basic set of skills, and then you can bring any other option that you would like. Basics, and then you can add anything you want to it. Now, you had said that baking was the most, probably the most challenging in getting those textures. Do you have any hints to share with us when it comes to baking as far as flowers, anything like that? Well, trial and error will get you through most of it. Um, you, after using a bunch of gluten-free flours, you will determine which you like the most, which reacts. And I'm not paid sponsor, but I do use Bob Redmills. I think they put great detail into like collecting their ingredients and keeping it gluten-free. And so their baking flour one-to-one -one or King Arthur's one-to-one, -one, they almost react the same. But the best thing I like about it is it's a clean tasting flour. You won't taste the flour inside the cooking when you do cook with it. Or I know some of them use garbanzo beans and you can definitely taste the garbanzo beans in the, for the flour. And yes, and yeah. they also put chickpeas too with the garbanzo beans and yes, you can taste it. That's an all purpose flour that they make with Bob Redmills has both of those ingredients in it, but I do actually like the taste that it has. I don't use it so much for baking because it will turn, because those beans are in it, they will turn the color of your baking goods. But mm. for cooking, I, I love it. Like to make roux, to make, uh, to thicken your sauces, it's, uh, it's perfect. It, it works just like it. Um, Cornstarch, perfect uh, tip is that tapioca starch is exactly the same. And if you overdo it with cornstarch or you overdo it with Tapioca starch it has the same effect and taste, really. So, do you have a preference over corn starch and tapioca starch? Since we're talking about that and and roux and gravies, I I don't use corn starch. Um, the gut, you, you know, they just make too much corn, and I it's the GMO. I can't I can't guarantee what corn they're uh, grinding up. And when I first got into this, Doctor Glidden. He, he didn't like corn, so I just went on what he said. So when I was rewriting all my recipes, I had to figure out that I couldn't use cornstarch. So I haven't used cornstarch in any of my recipes. So if I have to use cornstarch, uh, you know, the Amazon Prime's a wonderful thing too, right? Right. So, right. So. Great, great delivery. Um, yeah. But yeah, tapioca starch. I love tapioca makes makes for a nice substitute and a lot of people don't realize that you know tapioca does come in a starch it is a thickener not just for tapioca pudding they actually make it in a powder and that's what you're referring to correct yes is the powder yeah yeah and Wait. the next question we get a lot is how can you bake and cook without bottled oils um well, before bottled oils, we all used either animal fats, butter. Butter's been around a lot longer than bottled oil ever has been. Or the milk solids off the top when you would milk your cows in that. Uh, the whole oil, I never really trusted it. 
when I was a little kid, like you shake oil in water and never ever emulsifies into it. Our bodies are more water. Um, yeah, I would just go to go back, go back in time and how they used to do it, right? Where mm -hmm. they would cut the flour into the butter into the flour. It acts all all the same. Most ingredients it call for flour. They I mean butter. They don't call for uh, oils in it. Well, the Mediterranean diet is where they introduced oil was good for us. And I just, if like, yeah, like an example where baking and oil isn't necessary. I can't really think of one besides people who used to uh, coat it over top of the pizza dough after you make pizza dough. Like I worked at a pizza shop and they would brush olive oil over top of their dough so that it wouldn't get hard and staley. But mm -hmm. For baking, yeah, I can't think of oil being used more over. Cooking, oil is overly used. It's it's recommended. Everybody recommends oil because it doesn't burn. And you can be lazy with it and you can just put a pan with oil in it and it just it won't smoke unless you heat it real, 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 real. And it will it will flash up. But took away for convenience and fast, and that's how we got to using seed oils and vegetable oils and things I never thought oil would ever come out of. And right. I, you think about it's been it. a hard, it's been hard to uh, like incorporate that out of my diet. But once I did, it's it's uh, it it just depends on how you want to feel. Yeah. And there's a lot. I mean if you feel crummy and you want to continue to feel crummy, then continue to eat where the way you're eating, right? That's correct. And but if you want to feel great, willing to make some changes, there's options too. Yes. Yes. Lots of, lots of options out there. Um, like if, if you're really lazy, then I would, I like, and you're scared of burning butter because burned butter is bad for us as well. I would say use like, beef tallow, which is also lard, but watch it because they make a, a synthetic. It's a little tricky, but beef tallow probably has the highest burn point and you can get away with a little bit less watching it. And I think like, that's what something I'm trying to put into it is you, ha you have to love the food that you're cooking because you are eating this. And, you know, before when I didn't cook for people, I kind of lost my way in cooking. I was just lazy. I just, I just cook whatever I want. But when you're actually cooking for other people, you have to put love into it. And people can tell the difference that there is love in your food and take your time and enjoy the process of cooking, smell the aromas and, you know, enjoy it, you know, want to get that perfect taste out of it. Absolutely. Now, when we're, cooking with butter and we need to melt it or doing any type of cooking with butter are there any hints like from burning anything like that that you would recommend yeah so the simplest thing that i do and it's in the book is uh if anything calls for like let's say you find a recipe you want to try it and it it always will say like at the end like let's say two tablespoons or three tablespoons of oil usually for that melting the butter i usually have a double boiler which is just a pot of water with a pot on top and you'll put your butter in it your two tablespoons of butter it melts perfect temperature and then you can pour it into any 
any recipe that you want. If you want to go one step above it, you can boil, you can melt butter down and then keep melting it and it will create uh, milk solids on top. When you remove that, you now have clarified butter. Now clarified butter, it, it, it's good because it can go extremely high temperatures. Not extreme, but hot, way higher, almost like 60 degrees higher than regular butter. So you won't burn it. So if you're concerned about burning your butter, you can try ghee. Ghee is clarified butter, but it's regional. And that's why it's called ghee. And it has a little bit of a nuttier flavor, mm -hmm. but it also is a perfect option if at the same time, if you're just, you want to cook at a higher temperature, ghee or clarified butter, that solves the problem right there. Now you mentioned 60 degrees higher. Is that Fahrenheit or Celsius? I believe it is Celsius. Fair, I, think. I would say Fahrenheit. Fahrenheit? Okay. Yeah, I'm just checking since we're working with different, you know. Yes, yes, it, is, it does throw me off. But I have in the book, it does have all of them laid out very, very like Fahrenheit and Celsius in every recipe. I made sure we went through and did that for everyone. If you're from the UK or if you're from United States and Canada, we do use Celsius. So it, yeah, it don't quote me on 60, but higher than butter. Butter can go 300 Fahrenheit to 305 where I believe so. I believe clarified butter can go in almost into the fours. And these are flash points, right? This is, you never want to ever heat your butter until it sets on fire in your pan. The and I'm glad that you said that because that's what flash means, folks. It yeah, flash and smoke point is where whatever liquid you're cooking will light on fire. And top, top, best advice I can ever do, do not put flour in it. Just put baking soda, please. Oh, if it does catch on fire. Yes. Yes. Yeah, because the flour is going to catch on fire. Yeah. Well, you've been, when you've been in a restaurant for 20 years, you've seen some crazy things. Well, we have lots of questions. Um, okay. And so one of the questions is with the second edition, additional 500 recipes or total 500 recipes, because if we're looking at the edition one, you add 500, yeah. then you're looking at close to so the first edition when we put it out it obviously was our first cookbook and we uh we tried our best but a lot of we made a few mistakes in it so what we did is after we took all our criticism from it and corrective criticism we then fixed the problems and then added in the more recipes that everybody was asking us about so that we could bring more value to the book mm -hmm. so it's a total 500 and yeah yeah it's a total 500 in the book and it's a great textbook to start i'm i'm not done yet i have lots of recipes still to do and i will be releasing more cookbooks in the future with different subject titles yeah i'm excited i'm excited and then putting it down on paper computer and that's just the sign of a good author right never stop thinking never stop growing and growth um but yeah i mean i'm i'm very impressed with what you've done and put into the cookbook 
we and we have lots of people that are we've got um another comment here just learning to cook for real this year as fast food was my diet for decades uh, another person is um well let's see we'll go to another is it okay to fry with animal fat now dr wallach says no fried foods what designates or determines what a fried temperature that the food is cooked in or what can you share on that fried food um it's it's the vegetable oil being at the vegetable oil is what's uh killing you you can deep fry what is the sense of deep fried like submerged in oil and cooked submerged in oil and crispy crispy yeah you will get a crispy but it will take time and you might not be able to submerge it completely because tallow and animal fats are a lot more expensive than regular bottle of vegetable oil so with the deep frying you can it is a lot more expensive and and it comes right down to the temperature point you won't you won't it like i've deep fried in the sense with vegetable oil and i mean not vegetable oil with animal fats and you just have to keep the temperature up you know flip your what you're deep frying if it's french fries that you're looking for you can bake them it gives you almost the same same texture and the crunch to it it just takes longer but if you're dying if you're dying for the fried chicken my personal i would do i would cook it in a cast iron pan and just to only flip it once if you do want to see it done i have done it in uh on my notice not not us foods youtube account or not us foods on instagram you can go through it i've done about 150 videos from the cookbook hmm. and you can watch how how i do it i've never yet deep fried in uh like i've never gotten enough lard to actually like deep fry anything but if you want to you can you just have to watch the temperature and not burn off your potato and you could probably do it but it well, really depends on what they're trying to cook i don't yeah i prefer baking over trying to do anything fried no. uh, because dr wallach says absolutely no fried foods and there's a reason why he says that folks when you heat those oils to a certain temperature and then you bring your food to this crispy state it's converting those molecules into acrylamides and acrylamides have been proven if you go look on pubmed.gov they've been proven to be linked with the the c word and destroying the the cells within the body so i would just stay away from that whole fried food arena and focus on baking because baking is pretty amazing but definitely those lower temperatures are very important too when cooking our food I have another question here where Joe wants to know, how do I know if my butter is burned? It will turn, it will turn brown or black and get solid chunks in it. If okay. you don't have enough butter, you, you can smell burned butter as soon as it burns. The only way you would burn butter is if you 
aren't paying attention or you heat your pan too high and you throw it in and it sizzles away, there is a fine line. There is something in cooking where we do browning butter. And I, ch I, I tried it and I temperature checked it and it's there. It's a fine line. And I would personally just stay away from it because it is risking the fact that you're burning the fat salts in fat solubles in the butter. And that is what's also causing the problem. Like with fried foods, once you get a temperature too high, it does create acrylamines that can hurt you. And back, back to the fried food stuff, most people, what they want to replicate is KFC. Unfortunately, KFC doesn't even deep fry their food. They cook them in pressure cookers and they bring the heat up to 400 and it's a problem and it's pressurized. So it goes through all the meat and burnt and like just cooks it super fast, like 12 minutes for like 500 pieces of chicken. That That is the problem is the temperature and people, the convenience, right? Mm -hmm. The deep frying will take you a longer time if you do it. And like I say, you'll have to flip over your items because you might not have enough oil or submerge in it. Like it's just, it, you're right. Deep frying, I would stick to baking or pan frying to get that same results where you wouldn't use butter. You would let the fats from the actual animal, like, like chicken, the skin has the most fat in it. So when you're face side down cooking it, that will render out the fat but you keep it at a temperature where it doesn't burn it, but it does make it a nice crisp. All right. I think temperature plays a lot in uh, the molecules all around us, whether it's in our food or just substances around us. As t you, know, you take something, you add enough heat, it's going to melt, it's going to convert, it's going to burn. Um, and turn into things we definitely don't want to put in our bodies. That's for sure. And we have another question. Um, how about arrowroot powder as a substitute for cornstarch? I have Again. heard of arrowroot. I haven't gotten it individually, but I have used it with, it is in with lots of gluten-free flours. And I've heard it, it works amazing and people actually like it. I haven't yet experimented too much with it by itself, but uh, I can't, I will, I will eventually get to it. Um, yeah, you could definitely use that as a, a substitute for cornstarch. All right. Thank you so much for that. Now, um, you had started to tell us about, you know, that concept of oil and our bodies being 90% water and them not emulsifying, meaning they, they don't mix, they don't blend together. Can you share a little more about your, your thought on bottled oils and, and within the body and what you've learned from Dr. Wallach? Yes. Uh, what I learned from Dr. Wallach is that, um, so the oils in bottles, the re the reason why they're real, like they're bad is because it is rancid because it's oxidized oil. And oxidization, we know, causes problems inside of us. And but the whole the whole thing with the oil not mixing with the water was just me being young, like just common sense, you know. Um, yeah. Uh, well, margarine was the big thing that Dr. Joe Wallach really got me on is that it does it, it was used as a submarine deviant and to lubricate missiles. And when big pharma people and you know, big companies get involved. It's uh, it's not good. 
And uh, if you want, Dr. You know, Dr. Wallach does speak about that, and he, he knows all the facts. Um, fortunately, I'm not a doctor. I, I just work with food and food science a little bit. But, yeah, I, the oils, I would just stay away because they, they make oils out of things that we, you would never think oil would ever come out of. And most, like canola oil is, you know, corn. It's corn oil. And it's just, uh, it's super cheap. And uh, it just doesn't seem, it doesn't have real taste to it. I do, I don't miss olive oil at all, but, you know, put packed in a bottle with that little bit of oxygen at the top, just oxidizes the whole bottle, which is rancid. And you don't want to be eating rancid things. You don't want to be put consuming them. I just don't, I don't believe them. And that's really just the big thing about the, the oil. Like I was glad that it was out of my life and I feel great because of it. I could never get past the smell of olive oil being good for me. Just the smell of it turned my stomach as I've never, I've never been able to get get past the smell of it. So I was so thankful whenever I heard that it was bad for me because then I could use it as justification of not cooking with it for, for my family. So <laughs> it worked for me. Um, and folks, we are talking today with Chef Norman Goodies, who is the author of the book, Dr. Wallach's Cooking Without the Bad Foods. You can get this book from drjwallach.com. That is wallach.com. That is Dr. Wallach's website where you can find all of Dr. Wallach's books as well, including his audios and the new flip chart, which he has been talking about. Um, we do have the flip chart. I, I spent, you know, Chef Norman was talking about baking and cooking with love. I put a lot of love into this, folks making sure that we had high quality paper it got a high quality uh, binding at the top and it's on a frame that you can set it on the desk and then just flip as you're going through the pages so uh dr wallach wanted me to make sure that everybody knows that the flip chart is available now you can get the flip chart by calling wellness publications it may or may not be on the website this morning um, but it is available at 800-755-4656. So the flip chart, you definitely want to get a hold of. Truman was saying, if you can cook, you're not going to go hungry. And this is packed full of options that you can put together, staying and abiding by Dr. Wallach's Good Foods, Bad Foods. So again, get your own copy of the good foods, bad foods list. I think here in my home, there's at least five copies right now, one for every room, including the kitchen, where we are taking the recipes from Chef Norman and putting them on a plate, putting it all together and making sure that we're only putting the good stuff into our bodies. Now, Chef Norman, there is a question what are your thoughts about rotisserie chicken? Of rotisserie chicken? Um, well, the secret is, and I, I worked out a, a rub them with oil. You don't have to rub them with oil. 
Um, the only secret I would tell you the rotisserie is uh, we'll watch the temperature. Uh, and uh, my personal um, best advice I can ever give you is salt the inside of the cavity, which means open up your chicken and throw a little salt and pepper in it. Salt and pepper, uh, poultry spice on the outside, rub it real good, put it through the spike and put it in your rotisserie grill. and it would be the exact same, but the ones you are buying at the store are are completely covered with uh, oil. They make like this weird uh, basing for it. But rotisserie chicken's good. You can cook chicken depending on the weight. I usually use an oven, and I'll rub it, put salt and pepper in it by itself. No, nothing in the pan in the oven on three fifty, and it's done. And then don't forget after you've cooked your rotisserie grill and took all the meat off, hey, you want to do yourself a favor? Save the carcass because later you can make soup or stock with it too. And what would be your best recommendation for saving the carcass and how long? Well, if you put it in a freezer bag or I, I use like an old ice cream container and I just shove it all in and put it in the freezer. And usually, if you're collecting all your kitchen scraps, like your onions, your celery ends, broccoli stems, your carrot ends, by a month's time, you'll you'll be able to make probably four liters of stock every month. So that would be like a bone broth vegetable stock. Yes, and then I I like to call it flavoring liquid because mm -hmm. you can add you can add it to anything to thin it down. You can add it to your uh, rice to cook it with. It's just a Excellent. great little bonus from stuff you're already purchasing. There you go. Stretch it. Make it all last. No waste. I love it. But we do have a hand up. So, Ruth Ellen, you have a question for Chef Norman. I do. Um, if you could please give your YouTube channel again. Somebody, you said it fast and somebody's okay. asking for it in the chat. And then I have another question after you do that. Okay, it is not us foods. So it's it's spelled how I'm saying not us foods. That okay. is correct. Okay, so is it N O T space U S? No. Or it's one it's not us is one word. All right. So notice. Yes. Oh. But notice they spell also with ice. Yeah, it's a, yeah. not us is a little easier for people. Okay, air fryers. Air fryers. Or, and um, here's the problem with your air fryer. If you're doing this before you ever started with us, you've already put oil in it. Mm -hmm. Good chances you'll never get that oil out of it. Uh, I had one for a little bit, I used uh, nothing in it. Like, let's say I was cooking a chicken breast. I just put the chicken breast in and just close it. And it, it worked out uh, fine. It's it's a dry heat, though. I do understand the complete uh, convenience of it because it does cook food real fast. Now, I can't check the temperature inside of the machine, so I don't know how hot it is getting. I would recommend staying away from using butter. But if you wanted to put ghee or clarified butter in it, you could probably get away with that. If you, 
But when I was cooking with it, it worked perfectly fine just putting nothing in it. Just putting whatever meat you're cooking in because once it cooked a little, the fat in it helped it cook even more. Perfect. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you so much, Ruth Ellen. Great question. We get that a question about air fryers often. And AJ wants to know, what is your favorite meal to make? My favorite meal to make? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I'm really into, uh, uh, cream sauces. My uh, friends had a goat, they had a goat farm. And I just loved the sweetness of that milk brought. So I was always making cream sauces. Mm -hmm. And that was really my favorite. But if I had, I really don't have a favorite dish. I have more of like, I like European or French culinary. Like I like how they just use raw, raw food. It's like, like I love the richness of uh, like, like the cream sauces. I just love the richness of butter. Anything that really has a lot of butter and salt in it is, is really what I enjoy the most. Well, and you can pour that over meat. You can pour it over you, vegetables. You can pasta. You can make scalp potatoes with it. You can make lots and lots. You, yeah, I just, yeah. Cream sauce is probably one of my favorite things. If I had to do a comfort food, I would make just a basic cream sauce saute some shallots and onions, a little bit of garlic, a little bit of flour in there, and then just pour your mute milk in and just reduce it down. And it just, it's just velvety, lovely. Excellent. And we have AJ who has a question coming in from one of the platforms. AJ? Yeah. Hey, Chef, I, I definitely love your style. Thank um, you. <laughs> um, has chef cooked cauliflower pizza, but my alter my uh, twist to that question is: What's your favorite pizza, uh, gluten free? Is, is it going to be uh, a combination of different flours, or like a cauliflower, or different uh, vegetable base? W what's the best way to do it? So I've I've used a lot of them, and the one that I feel is the most best. Uh like the easiest like foolproof is uh there is a kit of gluten-free pizzas made by bob red mills and that one is the best one it's just when it says two tablespoons of oil just melt your butter and put it in now the problem is with pe making your own pizza dough is you can do it by hand but it, i have a KitchenAid mixer and it has changed my life for making doughers you just can't overbeat them but yeah, like I, I use a kit because it's easy. Um, but I usually like making my own dough with uh, yeast. And then you can try with different types of yeast. There's active yeast and there's fresh yeast and there's fast rising yeast. So it really depends on what you like. My only preference is if you make the dough and you want your dough to be like to replicate real dough is to roll it out on whatever you're going to cook it on and let it sit there and it will rise up a bit and then you'll pack it down and then add your sauce and your cheese for condiments on it. Like I just like uh bruschetta, like I just tomatoes, onion, and garlic. 
you know, and then I, I switched the cheese up, you know, a Gouda is always a nice cheese that I've always loved and Havarti as well. And that really changes it a little, like a little, and then on the top, bam, you're in love. You're making me hungry. Yeah. The other Sorry. quick, <laughs> the other quick question is what's your thoughts on the carnivore diet? The carnivore diet? Um, I've tried it. Um, I was having a problem where I was eating too much carbs, like rice and potatoes. And I went strictly just to eating, uh, steaks and, uh, it gave me more energy. And I think it's because I was eating less and the meat was actually filling me. So I wasn't overdoing it. And, uh, you know, the carnivore diet is good. You're cutting out a lot of every, all the bad foods. Just don't burn your steak. And, uh. I would stick more, like if you're eating steak every day, I would switch it up, maybe eat some liver. You know, you can eat gizzards. I'm not a fan of like the kidneys, but I'm really into liver and I'm really into steak. Um, I would say try it. As long as you're getting your 90, I don't see why it could, it, you, you'll probably definitely feel benefits and you'll probably lose weight. Yeah, I don't mean to take up all your time. That's okay. But because of you and Ryan, I tried making liver the other day. Yes. And it just reminded me of a bad childhood experience. Can you help us out on how to make liver properly? Yes, that has been a big thing for me. I honestly didn't know how to cook it until I actually got to chef school. And when I did start learning how to cook it good, I used to work at a restaurant called Zeller's in the, in the restaurant inside the store. And we used to have to close down every Tuesdays on senior nights because it just got too slammed. Like I'd be cooking lots of liver. The secret to liver, two things. If you don't like the taste, you can soak it in milk before you cook it. Try and slice it up and batter it. And when you batter it with gluten-free flour, throw in the spices that you like. I like cumin, takes down the, takes the taste a little bit out. Paprika and garlic powder. And because it's small pieces, it doesn't take long to cook. So lots of butter, you put your liver in and it will probably be done in about five to seven minutes. And it's liver is one of those things that if you overcook it, you might as well pull the shoe, pull your, uh, like it just tastes like shoe leather. Like it, it it's, it's, it's bad. It, it is a little bit of a technique and the way you want to go is cook it under, not over. Right. So if you're cooking it over, yes, you will. It will bring you right back to your childhood of eating that shoe leather and you will not like it. And it's not good when you cook it right. It melts in your mouth like butter. It's so smooth and velvety. And if that is a, if you're having a problem just eating the liver, you should try pate where you just cook it a little and then you puree it with a bunch of uh, onions and carrots. And then it's like smooth and then you can cook it again inside a ramekin in a water bath in your oven, bring it up to temperature, and it's like spreading butter on on crackers and that. I am making another video of pate, but it will, I'll try and get it out as soon as I can to, and maybe I will cook liver again and show you, but on our YouTube and our Instagram, I definitely have cooked liver many times and show you how to do it. I'm glad to discover your page. Thanks for joining us. 
uh, and thanks for answering my my questions. Yeah, right, thank you. Thank you, AJ. And back to you had mentioned to cook it over, uh, cook it under, not over. And you're talking about undercooked and overcooked, right? Yeah. The thing with cooking is you only get better over time. Mm -hmm. And it's like cooking steaks. Like when I first started cooking steaks, I was scared and intimidated. You work at the keg. Unfortunately, I'm making 300 steaks a night. I don't want my management or being fired because you have like 16 steaks or 20 steaks come back. Like the way it would work is if you had two steaks come back, you're rotated out. You're, you're cooking French fries or something or making salads. So it took me many, many years to uh, learn how to cook these, but with time you can, you will successfully uh, learn and undercooking's better. Like when I mean undercooking liver, you can undercook steak. You can undercook chicken, pork, fish. You don't want to, and devils, those will cause problems. So yeah, liver, like it looks like it's undercooked in the pan, but it will continue to keep cooking because the pan is hot. So it's better to pull it before it gets too, too rubbery, chewy, not good. I know exactly when everyone explains that to me, I, I had the same problem for years. I, I disliked liver, disliked it. And it brought me right back to my childhood dream, like nightmare of sitting at my dinner table with my grandparents eating liver like, ugh. So I do know where he's coming from. I've had some really good liver and some not so really good liver. So I understand as well. <laughs> now, just another uh, question about clarification of the book. Edition two, does it still have all of the recipes of edition one? Yes. Just more. Yes. Okay. Just more. And we fixed the, we didn't alphabetize the index. We did make a mistake there. And then we did add all the, we added another index that went, broke it down by ingredients. Oh, fantastic. Oh, definitely. Um, and then we have question over here from Gary. He says, what is a good breakfast? So what is Chef Norman's favorite breakfast? I'm going to go back to uh, Dr. Wallach. Uh, you know, if you could eat 25 eggs, it, it, it could be good. But I, I like I like eggs. Um, you know, avocados are great mixed to throw in um lately i've been ha i've been across the board so usually i have eggs some kind of style usually scrambled or poached and i love over easy eggs and so eggs is guaranteed breakfast i love eggs um usually i whatever i cook the night before right like if i cooked a little bit of rice or a little bit of potatoes i would heat that up uh if it's rice i would dice some onions and uh do a fried a fried rice with my uh, scrambled eggs in the middle of it and then mix it all together mm -hmm. um and if i let's say we had potatoes i would probably just cook my eggs over easy and then heat my potatoes in the same pan and add a little bit of cheese to it and uh yeah, pancakes everybody loves pancakes they're very easy to make the recipes in the book it's super super easy and yeah i just have to say eggs 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 and uh a tea or coffee is what i usually have i don't try and go so big on breakfast because i feel it slows you down a little bit at the beginning of the day 
to process all that food. But if you have the time, hey, you eggs is the way to go. Yeah, I I agree. Um, I know whenever we were raising our own chickens and we had dozens of eggs a day, I I ate a qu quite a bit. I sent communications from somebody who refuses to believe that somebody can eat six eggs a day, or even you know, two or three twice a day. And it's like, one, yeah, that's... It's, it's an affordable option when it comes to food. It's got your protein in there. It's got the good cholesterol in there. And you cook it right. You're not going to kill that good cholesterol. And I don't know about you, but you make a boy, do some soft boiled eggs and you mix up those yolks, slice them in half, mix up the yolks, put in some butter and some seasoning and make them into angel eggs instead of doubled, deviled eggs. And I could yeah. easily put away a dozen. Yeah, easily. I could eat, I could eat a dozen eggs a day. Yeah. yeah. And when I did have, it's funny, I, I did have chickens when I lived out in the, I built a cabin and I descents and my chickens were my only friends and uh I I eat eggs every day and I I really thought I'd get like like sick of it but it took it took 3 months of eating like 6 eggs 8 eggs a day and because I treated my chickens real well they started laying double the amount of eggs so when I hit 18 eggs a day by like 3 months I was, I was a little tired of them but uh, you're you're right. You add butter, you add salt, you add paprika. It just changes the te and texture of the eggs. And I would have to say, eggs have saved my life. Mm -hmm. They've been cheap most of my life and available. And I've been eating them for a long, long time. And yeah, I love eggs. I, I will yes. say. Excellent. And then we have a question from Anne. Any suggestions for milk and cream substitutes for people that are lactose intolerant? Oh, I've tried the almond milk. Um, uh, it's a it, it's a it's a tough one, but it depends what you're trying to do. Where if it is milk in like pancakes or like in a recipe, mm -hmm. you you can just replace it with water. It's really just to keep, it's just to mix everything together. It will change a little different. When it calls for buttermilk, that's a different, like, or heavy cream. That's when it really, but if it's water, I mean, if it's milk, which 2% or 1%, or if you drink skim, like, it's almost like drinking water. Yeah. To me, to me, to me, right? I, I've, you know, so yeah, substituting it. Let's, let me, I'm just trying to think in my head where you would, it would have to be essential to be uh, milk instead of uh, water, but you don't have to put milk. You can just water or nothing. Uh, mm -hmm. Same thing. If you're doing like French toast, uh, breads, you can use water. Um, where you might run into challenges is obviously uh puddings puddings mm. you'd run into the most problems um it wouldn't have that rich flavor as as you know my favorite dish is just boiling down cream 
till it becomes a thick sauce and adding cold butter to it. So yeah, I'd really need to know what they're talking, like what they're trying to replace it with. What, what are they trying to bake or cook? I, I, and, and then I'd be able to give them a better example or tell them that it just, it, it's a good, good luck. Cause there's some things you can't substitute for things you can. And there is lactose free milk. That's what I use. So I just use lactose free milk, whole milk. Cause I want all that good fat in it, yep. that natural fat, fat does not create fat folks. Um, so, and then we've got some more comments here. AJ saying that your mayo recipe has been well received by his clients. So folks, most mayonnaise recipes include oil. Chef Norman's does not. So you definitely want to get the book just for the mayonnaise. Um, because I like to use mayonnaise. It, it makes my sandwiches, um, gluten-free bread, not dry. Uh, so that's, that was been something that somebody's like, well, I can't live without my mayo. It's like, you just make your own mayo and don't use oil. So I love the fact that you included that as well. Um, and folks, we're coming up to the end of our program today and there's so much more that we could be talking more to you. That's my hope. Just finding that seed, Chef Norman. Yes, um, yes, yes. We as, can def definitely, there is a lot of questions about food and I, I see everyone's concerns and I, uh, if you do, you want to reach out to, uh, me or my team of people who cook notice foods on Instagram. We, I do answer the DMS and I do try my best to do videos that people are interested in and want to know. Excellent. And Patty is saying she received her book yesterday. So she's excited to get started um, cooking without the bad foods. So folks, we are here with Chef Norman Goodies, who wrote the book, Dr. Wallach's Cooking Without the Bad Foods. Thank you so much, Chef Norman, today. Um, we just greatly appreciate you and putting together a cookbook that actually abides by Dr. Wallach's Good Foods, Bad Foods list. And making it so that there are options. Because a lot of people are like, well, then what do you eat? Hooks. And then eat everything. there's 500 recipes of things that you can eat. So there you go. If you go hungry, it's your own fault. Thank you so much again. And we look forward to future. As we will be back here with Chef Norman Goodies. And if I could get my co-hosts up with me, that would be greatly appreciated. I know there were some questions we didn't get to, and we are definitely going to be taking note of them, of things that we can address and use as topics for the future. So thank you so much, everybody, for bringing those questions and comments. Um, we love it because then, one, we know people are listening and thing to know about, which helps us to provide a program that is bringing information that is, um, you know, of question and useful to each of us each and every day. Well, today I have with me Ruth Ellen Sanchez, my executive production manager, as she helps make everything go smoothly and organized. We have her executive, her, our, our, my executive, um, her assistant, 
production manager, AJ, who is making sure that all of the channels are, are streaming and getting the account set up so that we can be there. So thank you so much for that, AJ. We have Marilyn. Well, Marilyn has, we call her fingers because she has some speedy typing fingers and she is putting dictation into the chat, which is one of the great reasons for being here live with us on Daily with Doc. We are here most Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays from 12 to 12, uh, 1 o'clock p.m. Pacific time. So again, that's 12 to 1 p.m. Pacific time here on Daily with Doc Zoom.com. And we have Albert who is helping let everybody into the room, keeping an eye on the cameras, also keeping an eye on the chat and making sure that we are keeping this as a safe place. And when I say safe place, it's because we are a resource to an amazing community of individuals who have found Dr. Wallach's message and just not just found his message, but benefited the message so that they have this passion for people and share the message with others. We want to make sure that if you are invited to this program by somebody specific that you get back with them. If you have questions on anything related to new foods list, what people are taking to make sure they get that buzzword that you hear, the 90 essential nutrients, get back with the person that shared this program with you because they will have that those answers for you. Now, if you have never spoken to anybody about the Daily with Doc show, Dr. Wallach, Longevity, 90 Essential Nutrients, and you would like to get in contact with a certified holistic health coach, you may call our call team at 855-949-3377. Again, that's 855-949 three three seven seven or you can go to our website again for people who are not currently working with anybody are not current longevity customers we have that contact option on our website and that's dailywithdoc.com where you can find the replace of program but the contact then sends me a message and then we make sure that we get answers to you. We do have a high volume, so if you don't get an instant answer, please bear with us. Um, as more and more people are finding the benefit of being more conscious of what they put in their mouths and filling those gaps that there aren't the deficiencies that the body will get if you're just eating a quote-unquote good diet. Folks, it goes beyond a good diet. We are here as Daily with Doc because Dr. Wallach found there's more to just eating good. There's 90 essential nutrients to help the body thrive. Until next time, Wait, thank you second. so much for joining us. One second. I'm sorry to interrupt you, Rebecca. But I want I want to make sure give our sincere thanks and gratitude to our veterans on Veterans Day today. Yes. We are so grateful for your sacrifice because none of us would have the lives that we have here uh, or in any of the countries that we go to without our veterans. So thank you from all of us here. Yes.
See, that's why she's the executive production manager, folks. Make sure that I don't forget anything. And if I do, she's got my back. Um, and she's got all of your back too, folks, making sure that we are providing a program that has useful information coming from people that know what they're talking about. Also, tomorrow, for those of you who are watching and keeping and watching this, you know, before Sunday, um, if you're in the Southern California area and more specifically Huntington Beach within driving distance, I will be there with in Huntington Beach for a lecture with pharmacist Ben Fuchs. So if you're interested in getting information about that lecture, please make sure that you go to the website, use that contact option, send us an email, and I can get you more information about that lecture as well. Tickets are limited. So I think there's only about 20 tickets left. Um, so if you're interested, you wanna make sure that you get in contact with us and get your ticket right away. So we will see you next week, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. We've got all the days filled for next week with some exciting new information that we have not brought to you yet on this program. So everybody, have a fantastic day. And don't forget to say thank you to a veteran because my hat's off to the veterans and all of them and the families of the veterans because they also are part of that sacrifice. Bye for now.